everybody and welcome back to Witch Fix. Tonight I'm going to be talking about a book that I'm very excited about. It is one of my favourite books about Wicca, if not my current favourite. So uh, we'll be talking about that. I mentioned this book when I did my other review because surprise, this is the other book by Diane Sylvan. Uh, I did a review for The Body Sacred and this is actually for The Circle Within, which is the first book of hers that I read. I wanted to do this one separately and after The, uh, after the Body Sacred because I feel like then I could cover a lot about who Diane Sylvan is while I was talking about The Body Sacred and that would free me up to talk about how much I fucking love this book in this review without it getting too long with me having to do all the extra author stuff. So to rewind time a little bit, I bought The Circle Within by Diane Sylvan about 15 years ago. Um, it was at a time when I was in my sort of late teens. I'd read quite a number of books about like beginner wicker. Um, my go-to books at the time were Scott Cunningham's book about wicker for the solitary practitioner and also Kate West's The Real Witches Handbook and The Real Witches Craft, which I had gotten out of the library and did not yet own a copy of. And I started looking around and looking up um, books about more advanced wicker and other things like advanced magic, just because it felt like every book that I was reading was the same book it just had a lot of the same information in it and I was getting a little bit frustrated about not being able to move beyond what I perceived as like the kind of beginner level of here is what these colour candles do combine them with these herbs from this table and you've got a spell and just write some words to go along with it and being told again and again about you know the wheel of the year the goddess and the god and the esparts sabbats like over and over again receiving the same information and not really getting anything new so it was while i was googling around that i found this book and i think what must have drawn um what must have drawn me to it was the fact that on the back in massive letters it says move beyond the basics of wicca and the byline on the front is creating a wiccan spiritual tradition and that's really i think what i was looking for i was looking for a way to be more satisfied by my religion i went through a period like before I discovered Wicca of trying to be really enthusiastic about Christianity uh, which is the faith that I was raised with being Church of England but that kind of didn't happen because I don't live in a very religious house at all none of my family are particularly religious um, and I couldn't really identify with it as a, as a faith uh, for me that was in any way really fulfilling so I bought this book and I've had this book all that time, even though there was a period where I was sort of coming out of university from my undergraduate degree and I felt like maybe I'd outgrown witchcraft and things like taking it out into the adult world was something that I wasn't really prepared for and, you know, dealing with the way people thought about it and thought about um, you when you're, you know, in your 20s and still say you're a practicing witch. There was a period where I went through that and I got rid of all of the books that I had about Wicca and witchcraft and all of my you know altar supplies and things except for um, a few things that were quite personal to me this book was one of those things it was basically only the Diane Sylvan books that I kept uh, and that's because they spoke to me I think so much so the circle within and what it's actually about what it says on the front is basically exactly what it's about it's about creating a spiritual tradition a religious way of life with a view towards wicker and it's really interesting to me my copy has many many highlighted sections and corners turned down because i've reread it a number of times 
it's divided broadly into I would say two sections one um, is like the main book and goes up to page 151 and then you have the book of moonlight which is uh, some sample prayers graces um, chants and etc a lot of the book draws comparisons with Christian spirituality but also with Hinduism and other major world religions and what we can learn from them which is a really nice positive spin on it a lot of beginner books on Wicca especially the newer ones that are coming out now which are more about witchcraft as opposed to calling it Wicca and all that um, tend to be quite angry and quite aggressive towards particularly Christianity but a lot of other Abrahamic religions um, and kind of saying well we don't want anything to do with that we're completely different because look we have this goddess and she's female and isn't that different and very liberating and feminist but what Diane Silverman writes really well in this book is that there are actually a lot of things that we can learn specifically from Christianity which is obviously her like background pre-Wicca about contacting the divine about how to worship about being thankful for life and bring that back to deity in terms of prayer and it's not a book about magic it's literally everything about wicca that isn't casting spells and somehow it comes across as being the most magical book that i've ever read for all that it doesn't have any like follow these steps and you know raise the dead or whatever it is deeply magical I think in terms of its spirit in terms of the way she's written it in that it teaches you to look around you at the natural world and just marvel in it and be thankful for it and also dedicate yourself to it and build up your life spiritually to fill in the gaps that magic in terms of witchcraft won't always fill like having a religion to go around that um, is a much more powerful thing I'm just going to read you a little bit from the beginning of part one uh, from the section stepping into the circle by now you've read books on wicca searched the internet like a big game hunter on safari and networked until you couldn't tell one amber or raven from another you've brought specially charged candles and mint festivals you've memorized lists of correspondences for colors days of the week elements astrological signs herbs deities and animals maybe you've been part of a coven or some other sort of group maybe not you have certainly gathered quite a collection of ritual robes, jewellery and tubes of henna paste. The problem, however, is not with whom you have worked or what you have worn. The problem is that you look in the mirror and you still don't remember who you are. Life feels heavy and the rituals you have attended have started to bore you. There is something fundamental that's missing from your religion and you hate to admit it. After all, when you found Wicca, it felt so much like coming home. Does your dissatisfaction mean you're in the wrong house after all this time? Before you start to pack, consider this. Humans are a species constantly in search. At the beginning of our history, we searched for food, and when we realised that potential food was much bigger than we were, we searched for a big stick to hit it with. We searched for shelter, and then when the basic issues of survival were covered, we searched for community so we wouldn't have to face the dark nights alone. Once we learned to band together and share the labour, we had time to search for something bigger, meaning, purpose, something to explain why we are here and why we share our existence with disagreeable things like murder, flood, politicians and mosquitoes. We need something to give us a place in the universe, a vantage point from which things make sense. And then just to skip a few paragraphs. Someone once asked me, what's the point of this wicker thing? I mean, if you're not trying to get into heaven or find nirvana, what are you trying to do? That is a tough one, and a question I don't think many of us have given a lot of thought to. It is difficult to step back and look at the bigger picture. I gave the only answer I knew, then or now. The point of Wicca, the real mystery behind it all, is to remember the divinity within ourselves and all things, 
to manifest our God and Goddess all the time, every day, every moment, to love as they love, to give as they give, to serve them in perfect trust and thus bring their grace more fully into the world, to understand that we are the embodiment of the divine love and nurture and to express that love in the world, to walk as God and Goddess. The book focuses quite a lot on that subject about how because we are Wiccans and we don't have a church, we are our own priest or priestess of the divine. We have that direct connection to deity. And what does it mean to be like a priestess or a priest of the goddess and God to exist in their service, to exist as their children? And how to honour that with your daily behaviour and your daily life? And it gives quite a lot of practical advice for that in a very good humoured and quite simply put way and offers up lots of suggestions and anecdotal evidence as well about how this can change your life and how you can work it into your time and into your daily routine. The first sections of the book are about acknowledging that and sort of building towards having that relationship with deity and how to get to know deity a little bit more and specifically about prayer which um seems to be something that we don't really do as Wiccans but it's definitely something that I found helpful and worthwhile after reading this book for the first time I think I did like nightly going to bed prayers for about three years after I read this book uh, and although that's changed now and although I now do it like slightly differently it did have a big impact um, and I think the prayer that it describes and that the way in which to approach prayer not as groveling before something that's very much more powerful than yourself but as talking to deity as you would like a parent or a friend um is really helpful especially if you're coming from like a christian background and you're not really sure how to look at prayer through a wiccan lens there's some great section under living the path um which lists the wiccan graces according to diane sylvan like ideas that she's had um about qualities that we should possess so sort of like uh, christian virtues i guess like you know temperance and i can't remember any other ones but i'm, a, I'm just a bad christian because i'm not one but you know the, the the virtues being like the opposite of sins but the ones she's listed are things like love compassion humor gratitude and then like a little paragraph to get you to think about them for example under integrity um, there's a, a paragraph that says there is an old saying that a witch's word is law there are many ways to interpret that but I choose to see it as a statement of integrity when I say I will do something I do it promises were not made to be broken back in the days of yore it is said that breaking your word was tantamount to mowing down your tribe with flaming arrows that's not the whole of the section on integrity but it does give you a pretty good idea of where she's going with that it's an idea of like living your life to that principle in the name of the goddess and the god to try and be a person with integrity and to keep your promises and keep your word and to not use it lightly. Once the book's kind of gone over the basic ideas of getting to know the goddess and the god and basic principles that you can live in your life as a Wiccan to essentially help you be a more moral person, which is one of the kind of ideas of having religion is to guide you in that way you get to section four which is the temple half and this is basically just about what it says in the tin it's about your home and about making it a sacred refuge if you like like a circle outside of the circle uh, and creating it in such a way that you can retreat there and find sanctuary as you would in a church for example 
This talks about uh, building shrines and altars towards uh, different goddess and goddess, uh, different gods and goddesses, and different um, purposes. But it also gives you some ideas for religious practice and items that you can use on an altar to incorporate into your religious practice. For example, a devotional candle, uh, natural objects that you found in the environment, uh, your book of shadows, and various things that you can do with that to turn it into sort of a book that will inspire you. Uh, and help to fulfill you spiritually so not just a recipe book of spells but also uh, she suggests putting quotations prayers poetry invocations and artwork into your book uh, that's definitely something that i do i put lots of different things into my book of shadows and it would probably make people despair if they looked at the like ragtag motley bunch of stuff i've just stuck in over the years but it makes me happy when i pick it up and look at it and that's all it needs to do. One other suggestion which I ended up doing quite a lot from this book is on page 74. Uh, it suggests an offering pouch. So if you're going to do a uh, ritual outdoors or if you're going to take something from nature like go out gathering wood for a wand or pine cones to put on a seasonal altar you should take a pouch with you with local wildlife seeds and food for birds in it like uh, sunflower seeds. Um, to scatter to make an offering to nature for the things that you've taken i have one of these uh, it's like a little uh, woven grass bag on a leather strip and i refer to it unironically as my nutsack because it annoys everyone around me and it makes me giggle and i take that out with me when i go in the situations i've just described going out to get things from nature like teasels and pine cones and autumn leaves and things to put on my altar I also have uh, an offering flask, which I don't have a fun name for yet, but in that I put things like wine or juice or any like liquid offerings that I'm taking out with me. And I usually pour those on trees specifically if I'm taking like holly from a bush for a Yule altar, I'll pour some of the libation on it as an offering. Following talk of how to make your home more spiritually fulfilling, there's also talking about building a daily practice in the next section. And it gives ideas about when you would perform religious rites to do with certain aspects. Uh, and a lot of this draws from Christianity as well. For example, you've got like morning or evening or both for prayers uh, and affirmations. You've got eating with grace, so thinking about giving thanks for your food, not necessarily to God, but to the creatures, the plants and animals that have died and given up their lives so that you can eat. And also to look at your diet and to think about the kinds of things that you're eating and how those honour the earth by your choices. Uh, so, you know, making more of an effort to not eat factory farmed animals and to eat more organic produce and things like that. Also, things about cleansing the self, uh, small rituals that you can do in the shower or bath when you're getting ready for work in the mornings to like wash out negativity and bring in positivity. And then some ideas about bigger things that you can do. So spending time with nature, giving to others and also how to bring your Wiccan faith and your daily practice into the workplace, which doesn't necessarily mean setting up a massive altar on your desk and making everyone slightly uncomfortable. But just um, going into work and viewing your job and the aspects of it that you can as things that help people and are therefore the work that you do for the goddess, dedicating that to her or having a sort of ritual um, internally for when you go to work. For example, um, Diane Sullivan gives a little bit of a 
an outline of what she used to do, page 105. For instance, at a data entry job I had, I spent most of the days typing what seemed like reams of meaningless numbers. No one would deny my job had very little about it that was spiritual, but every morning when I arrived, my startup routine had a certain reverence to it. I turned on my computer, got organised, got a cup of coffee. I said a silent prayer that the Lord and Lady would guide my hands and my words, that I would have the strength and calm to act as was fitting as a priestess of their mysteries. The coffee cup was my ritual chalice, the computer was my altar. Unbeknownst to my co-workers, there was a blessing written in a hidden file on the hard drive. When I put lotion on my hands to stave off paper cuts, I was visualising my hands as instruments of divine nurture. So it kind of gives you those ideas of how to protect yourself in a certain way from the stresses of mundane life by viewing these actions as being more spiritual. Then there's section six, which is the turning wheel. Um, this is obviously all about the wheel of the year and about basically breaking down the different festivals. It's not a very detailed section. It's probably my least favourite section of the book, to be honest. Um, I do love the book intensely, but this is the section I usually skip when I reread it, just because it, it doesn't go very in depth. And to be honest, every book everywhere has a section on the wheel of the year. So I've probably read more about it than I need to, to be honest. Chapter seven is the dance of life. And this is all about how to create rituals for marking points in your life that you want to mark. And these are not just things like uh, marriage, funerals, christenings, etc., that we usually mark as a society, but also other things as well, which might deserve a ritual in your mind so you're not always doing rituals to request things but also to be thankful and then it gives a long list of things that you might do a ritual for for example at the end of a school year to celebrate that or getting a new pet losing a pet um, declaring personal independence like when you move out um, for surviving a bad relationship or for when your children move back into your home to be leaving an old home, to be moving into a new home, things like that. And just how to create um, a ritual based around that and how, where to look for inspiration to create your own rituals. Again, not a super in-depth section. Um, again, that's one I usually skip. So six and seven, I wouldn't put in the same category as the rest of the book. The rest of the book, I think, is really inspiring. Those bits, I just kind of think, are a bit lacklustre, I guess. And then we come to part two of the book, The Book of Moonlight. Um, this is super helpful if you have trouble coming up with chants and things to use in rituals and things for yourself. Because Diane Sylvan is quite a good writer and her chants, although simple, are really poetic and pretty adaptable as well. She does suggest at the beginning taking them as written or changing the words and playing around with it until it feels right and then writing your own, which is nice. Again, I like her attitude towards making it personal for yourself and not being one of those writers who's like, you will do it the way I wrote it down or I will come to your house and I will kill you which is the sense that I get from some books. It gives ideas for morning devotions, evening devotions, uh, self-anointing, various different little rituals and things that you can use. And then just a few little prayers, like a prayer before work, a prayer for protection, a prayer for guidance and clarity, prayer of thanks, a prayer for dealing with difficult people. So there's quite a, a gamut. I'm going to read the evening prayer as an example of how they're written. 
Good evening, goddess and God. I give thanks for this day in all its richness and for the lessons I have learned. Thank you for walking beside me. Thank you for bringing me safely to rest. Bless this night with peaceful dreams. Watch over me, mother and father, now and always. Blessed be. And you can see how that's very different to a spell. It's very much a prayer uh, to deity, it's sort of having a conversation with them. Um, when I did my like evening prayers as part of my like daily routine, it tended to be a kind of three-step process of all the things that I was thankful for in that day. Um, the things that I was maybe worried about or wanted help with in the coming days and then saying goodbye to the goddess and the god and again thanking them for being with me and listening to my prayers. So I think it's a good uh, structure as well given in these prayers because it kind of follows the same one. The final section isn't really so much a section, it's the recommended reading and bibliography but it is several pages long I think it's about six pages long um, and it gives a really comprehensive look at different subjects talked about in the book um, it's also good in that unlike a lot of other further reading sections there's like a line under each title explaining why she thinks you should read the book and what the book's about in case that's not entirely clear from the title and I've definitely added quite a few of these things to my Amazon wishlist because uh, the ones that I haven't read um I desperately do want to read um, but they've like got little things underneath so for example where it says uh, Amber Lane Fisher philosophy of Wicca it says a deep and insightful exploration of the meanings behind Wiccan beliefs and practices so you can think oh okay I'm interested in learning about the different philosophy behind the beliefs and practices in Wicca I'll read that book because a lot of Wiccan book titles are quite vague in my opinion just until you look in them and you're like, oh, OK, it's about this. I've probably said quite a number of times during this review, but this is definitely one of my do or die favourite books. It's slightly annoying because wherever I go in like online pagan things, and I never see it mentioned. It doesn't seem to be one that's as widely read as things like Silver Ravenwolf. And I think that's a real shame because if you're interested in Wicca, if you're interested in a religion built around witchcraft and about all of the other things that are discussed in the books that I've looked at on the podcast. This is an excellent book in how to do that and how to treat Wicca as a religion more than just another name for the practice of magic. It's also really rewarding. I've done some of the exercises in it. There aren't that many. I think there's only like three throughout the whole book, but there's one which is opening your heart to div divinity, to divine light, um, and basically how to go through life not being closed off and not being kind of stuck in this uncaring unthinking unfeeling routine that a lot of us get stuck in it's about bringing forth that compassion and love and all the other wicked graces and kind of living with them and I think that's really beneficial it's definitely helped me a lot as well and I guess that's why I have such a per uh, personal attachment to the book but I definitely recommend it if you're interested in Wicca and the religious beliefs behind it. It's a great jumping off point for forming your own daily practice as a Wiccan. And the further reading section at the back is definitely going to help you with other book recommendations and set you off on the right path. Like the Body Sacred, and like I said in that review, it's written in a really accessible way. It's definitely not dry or too 
teacherish. It is very friendly, very open, and basically is just someone sitting down and saying, I don't have all the answers. I haven't worked out all this stuff yet, but here's where I'm at. And I thought I'd share it in case it might help somebody else. And that's what I really like from a book because it's definitely a journey. You're never like at the end of it. And I feel like a lot of books come across as someone sitting up on a higher ledge than you going, I've reached the top and I know everything and I can teach it to you. But they don't really because no one ever reaches the top. It's about personal development. It's not about knowing all the things and the finite amount of knowledge that you can acquire. There's always more to learn. That's why I like this book so much. It can be quite hard to get hold of. I would definitely suggest checking eBay and Amazon as usual, but you might have to check Amazon America and and see if you can get it from overseas, because I think my copy originally had to come from Germany because it just wasn't that available in the UK. Uh, this was, I think, the third printing from like 2004 so it might be out of print now not sure but you can probably still buy it either through Diane Sylvan's website or uh, online at various online booksellers do let me know if you end up getting a copy and if you get anything from it if you find it enhances your life in any way or if there's any other books about Wiccan spirituality that you'd recommend over this one I can't wait to hear from you if you want to get in touch it's the usual ways of twitter which is at witchfix or by email which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com and don't forget you can donate to the patreon which is in the description box and also if you check twitter you can find me regularly reposting the link to the amazon wishlist so that you can send across anything that you think you want reviewed right away and let me know and i can add anything to it as long as i can find it on amazon in the meantime, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. <laughs>